to another edition of COVID Comfort. This week we're talking about Wes Craven's new nightmare. The world of horror films suffered its own terror today as two of Hollywood's best-known special effects technicians were found dead. Part of the theme of the movie is becoming like part of the making of the movie. I think that only happens in the movies. It happens when the story dies, the evil is set free. Now that the films have ended, the genie's out of the bottle. That's what the nightmares are telling me, and that's what I'm writing. This is still a script we're talking about, right, Wes? He's decided to cross over out of films into our reality. The only way to stop him is to make another movie. Oh, my God. The bad man's getting awful close. You're going to have to make a choice. What kind of choice? Whether or not you're willing to play Nancy one last time. Oh. No! It was you that gave Nancy her strength. Nancy. Where's my son? Wes Craven's New Nightmare uh, is a 1994 film directed by Wes Craven. Obviously, uh, it marks his return to the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. He wrote and directed the first one and then wrote a, a draft of the script for the third one that was later rewritten and then finally came back for New Nightmare, which could be Nightmare 7, but technically it's kind of a redefinition of what the character is and so it's not exactly a sequel uh it's kind of a brilliant meta commentary on what horror films and storytelling are about why they exist why do we tell these horror stories and how do they affect the people that create them uh and what happens if they go away so basically the setup is Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy in the original, now this is the time that it was, 1994, so 10 years after that film, and Freddy has been killed in the franchise, and are they going to make another sequel, this or that, but uh, she begins to have nightmares and strange calls, and realizing that Freddy is sort of just an incarnation of a more ancient evil, and because these stories don't exist, he's trying to break into our reality basically the story itself is what contains these kinds of evils so you have a whole redefinition of the freddy krueger character a whole new kind of design makeup design character design and just taking it back to kind of like a darker feel although i would argue that the original makeup is kind of darker and more gritty and dirty but i do like the design in this it's just a little bit more clean so yeah that's the setup for arguably the first meta horror film 
because it's all about the industry and the people that make the horror films being killed by this monster, which is absolutely brilliant and really ahead of its time. This film did well, I think, like critically was well regarded, but wasn't that popular with audiences, I think, because of that, because it's kind of a thinking man's horror film. And it's, it's the big dipping of the toe for Wes Craven into meta stuff. He's kind of flirted with it up to this point. And this is the big plunge. Originally, he wanted Dream Warriors, before it was Dream Warriors, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, he wanted that to be this meta take on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And they were like, nope, not going to do that. So he finally got to do it at this point. But I think it's a more serious examination of the meta ideas of what it means to be a filmmaker or storyteller in, the, in that genre that people probably weren't that ready for. We return to the meta examination of genre tropes in Scream, but with a wink and a nod and sarcasm and irony and fun. And that's much more palatable for an audience and obviously is a huge hit. But this is kind of where he started with that whole idea of, and I mean, really, it's, it's a, a, a logical evolution of, okay, horror audiences have pretty much seen everything by then, by 94. I mean, you can only have so much more gruesome special effects, which are only going to do so much to titillate an audience when they really want to actually be frightened, which is much more psychological than visual or visceral. So, you know, what is the next step? And it's interesting to see because this is a decade after Nightmare on Elm Street, which itself was a logical next step of horror films at the time. Because if you go back to 1984, it's like the peak of the slasher boom of just more and more gore and special effects taking center stage. And he comes up with the idea that you're not safe in your dreams. You're not safe where you sleep. And that's the kind of idea that's just what makes this genre so great. I mean, that's like the shower in Psycho. It's what what is universal for everybody. Someone who doesn't even speak, you know, understand English could watch Nightmare on Elm Street. And they have to go to sleep. You know, we all have to sleep. We all have to dream. We all have to shower. We all have to do these certain things where we are at our most vulnerable. And this is where something could get you. And this is kind of a gateway to fear that we can all understand. Um, so it's brilliant in that way. I mean, maybe that is where New Nightmare is more of a niche Thing in that sense because we're you know that's more of a fantasy for an audience to to look at Hollywood and fame and stuff like that because obviously that's not a part of most of our lives so it's less relatable um, but nonetheless I mean it's a brilliant film Heather Langenkamp is fantastic She's definitely kind of like matured a lot as an actress in that decade John Saxon shows back up and he is awesome. Wes Craven has his own cameo. Robert England gets to be Robert England, which is fun to see because he's a great actor. Um, Miko Hughes, the kid who, I can't think of any movie right now, but he was in every 90s movie ever. 
So you definitely recognize them. And it's just interesting because it's a different, a different avenue into horror that you don't really see. And there's still not a lot of movies that tackle this. I mean, it's definitely more common today or more, there's been more that were kind of like horror comedies or things that maybe look at taking this door into a story, but yeah, there's still not that many that, that strike this tone that's a little bit more serious. Yeah, really the ideas are deeper than you would find in, obviously, in a lot of horror films. Not that I love the genre, but it's dealing with the full, you know, the idea of what storytelling really does. That storytelling can actually deal with some of the evils in the world and when dealing with them honestly can defang them a little bit. Uh, I used to watch this movie a ton when I was a kid. For whatever reason, it was one of the films that was just on loop on TNT in like 95, I guess. <laughs> so I used to watch this movie all the time and it scared the shit out of me uh, constantly. I was probably the age that that kid was in the movie. I don't know. I was like seven, so uh, it was terrifying. It doesn't scare me in, you know, really anymore. It's more fa fascinating on an a intellectual level. But it's once again, I mean, it's just the third time that Wes Craven has just totally changed the genre. I mean, Last House on the Left, even before Texas Chainsaw, totally brutal, visceral, documentary-style horror inspired by what people were seeing in that time on their televisions every night of the war in Vietnam. Then you go to Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, Everything is this hyper-literal, extremely gruesome slaughter, basically. And this guy goes, well, what if there's something that can get you in your dreams and while you sleep? And then we can open up the door to dreams, the subconscious, the surreal, and start playing with, like, Boonwellian ideas within the horror genre. And then this guy goes, what if we just pull back from everything and look at these people making this film and what does it mean to make these kinds of films and, and what if living in this world where all these horror movies are real then this this villain a more dark version of this villain comes out um, so yeah obviously Wes Craven is a fucking genius and I love him um, and I love this film. I can't recommend it more. Still, yeah, obviously a great comfort watch. And, yeah, that's Wes Craven's new nightmare. Next time, we are going to change it up and talk about a video game. We're going to talk about Splatterhouse 2. So, stay tuned for that. Um, remember to like, subscribe, follow, do all those social media things. And, of course, to end... We'll have another word on the street. So this is Kyle signing off. Hey, it's me, Billy. I've been upstairs listening to Bloodhound Picks for hours. Keep 
keeps me so entertained while I'm waiting for the sorority girls to come home. Bloodhound Picks Podcast is produced by Josh Lee, Craig Dram, and Kyle Hintz. Music by Raymond Seed. Audio editing by Kyle Hintz.